Hi there. Welcome to the HR Hub. This is formerly HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. And if you want to learn about HR, you've come to the right place. You'll get insight into most aspects of HR through conversations with HR leaders. You can also find me on YouTube. Today, my guest is again, Kim Spurgeon. Kim is the Senior VP of Canada for Career Transition and Mobility. And that's with LHH Knightsbridge, which if you're in North America, I likely heard of. She's had a variety of roles at LHH and has had a role in conducting terminations at some point in her past. So I'm really glad to have her here talking about this topic. Hi, Kim, how are you? Good, thanks for having me today. Well, thanks for coming on. So uh, I have alluded to your expertise in conducting terminations, but can you go over that? Like, how do you know so much about them? Yeah, I guess because uh, do I have to say how many years I've worked in this field? <laughs> no, no, I don't. But you can talk about maybe well, I mean, the, the career transition specific industry for over 20 years. And uh, in my earlier days, when I wasn't a leader and I was an individual career coach, I was involved in many, many, many uh, notification meetings, termination meetings, exit meetings, I guess, depending on what you call them. Um, so I've done many and supported many organizations in the process of uh, preparing, planning, and delivering those messages. I bet you have seen some things. Yes. Go ahead, write a book about it. <laughs> I bet you could. Good and bad. Mostly we'll talk about the good today, but maybe you'll, you know, can use some... Uh, you know, negative examples. But anyways, when should an employer reach out to a career transition company? So the sooner the better in terms of once they've had some decisions made so we could be there to support them in terms of planning, preparing. Also, depending on the number of people being impacted, one person, you only need one coach. But if it's 500 people, you'll need multiple people, right? Right. So the sooner the notice, the better, because then we can prepare and make sure we have the consultants ready to support on the day of notification, whether it's virtually or in person. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are going to conduct mass terminations, how does, I mean, you don't have unlimited supply of coaches. How do you support that? Well, we have a big bet. We have a couple hundred coaches in Canada alone. So we have a lot. So that allows us to be in a position to do that. But a couple things play out is you have to be able to match your HR contingent. So, because an HR person is going to be matched with the employee. So, typically, if you only have 10 HR people, you're mm -hmm. going to have 10, 10 coaches to match to that because you're going to work with them through their day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The meeting. So, does the coach go meeting to meeting? That's kind of an ideal situation. So, you can't do 500 people one time because one, you're going to have managers that are doing more than one notice. And two, you're going to have HR people supporting more than one notice. You kind of typically go matching the HR numbers to be able to support it, but we've easily had a coach on, on site at one time at a notification, mass notification. Wow. Okay. So I, I digressed a little bit there. Um, back to termination. Can you describe the process of termination and the roles of the people involved? For sure. So typically there's at least three people involved in that notification meeting separate from the people, the person being impacted. So typically the notifying manager is the line ideal, the line manager that actually that employee works for. So if you worked for me, it would be me delivering the news to you. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so you're going to have the line manager that actually delivers the news to the individual. And typically their role is to say, deliver the news and then hand it over to HR. HR's role is typically to go through the package, the severance package, any of the paperwork that's in front of them. They're not going to go through line by line because the person's not going to hear anything other than I lost your, my job today at 7.03 p.m. on March 8th, right? That's all they're really going to remember is that they got the bad news. So they're not going to remember the detail, but HR still needs to go through some of the basics and what's available. And then typically what HR will do is they do the housekeeping of returning your computer. Where do you send stuff? What do you need to do? Blah, blah, blah. And then they would introduce the career transition coach to kind of help them walk through next steps. So they would introduce us whether we're online or in person. And basically our role is first, do you understand the news that you just got today? Because sometimes they're in shock. They don't always hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to check in tomorrow. No, no, no. Today is your last day. So sometimes you need to verify they understand today is their last day unless they're on working notice. Mm -hmm. And uh, understand uh, how they're doing with the news. So sometimes this is when you hear anything yes i just renewing my mortgage or my spouse just left me or i have a child in the hospital you hear anything that's going on in their life so that helps us give perspective in terms of support and how soon we'll be able to support them make sure they know how to deliver the news or share the news with their family if, if they have it make sure they have a resource or a friend or family to talk to because when you get that difficult news you want to have someone to talk to and then the kind of the final step for us is to make sure they understand the support we're going to provide them when they're ready to access those services in terms of their career transition support. So kind of that all happens after the, the manager and HR finish their job. The manager's job takes maybe three to five minutes. And I'll tell you the components of that if you like. Then the HR walks through the package at a very, very high level. Then it turns it over to us as the career transition coach. And then we would finish it with with them and they would either leave the office if they're on, on a working notice or end the call if they're working from home. Two follow-up questions, I guess. Yes, I do want you to tell me what the employer should be saying, the manager. Okay. And not saying. Okay. So there's three three things they got to remember to say. Okay. They want to thank them. They basically want to deliver the news as in what's transpired today. Today is your last day. If I was talking to you, Andrea, it's like, Andrea, I want to let you know today, as of today, effective today, your last day with ABC company is effective today. Mm -hmm. So basically I need to deliver the news. Yeah. I need to explain what's available to you. So HR will explain your package. We will provide career transition support for you. And then thank them for their service. So essentially, they need to know that their job is over effective today. It was a business decision. Often organizations will not get into specifics to say, well, uh, this is happening, this is happening, and that's happening. But I say but because some organizations will be really transparent. As a result of this acquisition, we are leaving, losing 10% of our staff. And unfortunately, yours role was impacted today. The sum will give the rationale and maybe as short as it's a business decision to, as a result of this restructuring, your position was impacted today and then thank them for the service. There's really three parts, the news, the rationale, which could be one sentence, 
and thank them for their service. Most individuals will remember if you don't thank them for their service, especially been there for more than one or two years. I worked for that person for five years and they never said thank you for all the work we did. People always remember if you don't thank them for their service. So those are the three things the manager needs to remember to do. And, and so part of that middle piece of the rationale, they'll work with HR and they could work with us. How do I say that message? Mm -hmm. Okay. And in some cases, if it's performance-based, they might say it's performance-based. In most cases, they will not say performance-based, even if it is, because it's less messy and they're not letting you go for cause. So it's just easier to say as a result of changes in our business, changes in our direction of our business, your role is no longer required. Your position is no longer required. There's a few different ways people will say it. And I'd like to introduce you to HR who will walk you through your package, thank you for your service, and leave the room or leave the call if it's online. So there's really only three components for the manager to deliver. So that's why it only takes three to five minutes. So one final thing I should say, in case people don't already know it, is whenever you're in a notification meeting, exit meeting, termination meeting, please don't use the word fired. That's a teeny reality thing. It is not reality of what people use in a professional business way. But don't use you've been fired or you are fired. Why is that? Actually, I'm just now I'm curious why. It's just a very derogatory term. It's got such negative connotation okay. and there's a lot of emotion attached to that word. Okay. All right. What does the HR need to say and not say? So HR I think they need to make sure uh, the person is ready to listen because often they're in such a state of shock they don't remember or they don't hear anything. I think they're never going to go into details. I think they need to know dates, mm -hmm. date, effective, is it today, working notice, whatever. Here's your package. Here's what you need to return by when. Here's your point of contact if you have any questions. Here's your EAP provider if they have one. And I'd like you to introduce you to the career transition consult. That's really all they're going to do. I think that you got to be careful on the language that it's for the manager and HR, that it's final, it's non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. So the messaging needs to be clear and concise that it's effective today, tomorrow, Monday, whatever the day is, that needs to be really clear. And no, um, what I call wishy-washy language, meaning... Well, maybe we could talk about what else is available and then we get together later. It's like, what else? Right away, it makes people think yeah. there's another job or there's another opportunity. So people need to realize that it's final and so you need to be careful of the language. Um, you, won't, you don't want to get into defending your choice or your decision. Well, I picked this because of Y, Z, and A. You got to be careful mm -hmm. not to defend stuff yourself. You need to focus... Kind of, I would say it's like giving the message to a kid. You need to restate the message over and over again, but the same message. The decision is final and it was a business decision. Well, why me? Unfortunately, Andrea, it was a business decision. This wasn't personal and your last day is tomorrow, whatever. You need to keep repeating the message in case they don't hear it or they, you know, I always make their uh, relationship to grief, right? You're losing a job. You didn't choose to lose your job. The, the company chose for you to leave. So it's really about finding language to help them understand that it's over, but knowing that that's a grieving process. So they first start off with, no, 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 it can't be me. Oh, you've made a mistake in their head. They're not saying that. Yeah. Or, oh, then we need to defend or deny. 
well, I'll just go back and do my job tomorrow and do a really good job and you'll keep me. Or then they'll try to project as like, why didn't you pick Johnny over me? So those types of things are all part of helping people kind of come to terms with the grief of losing their job. And there's all kinds of different things that'll take place. And for some, there's silence. For others, there's a lot of words. For others, there's tears. For some, they might be happy. It's like, hey, I was done with this place anyway, so this is good. So you get all kinds of emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think the key part is being empathetic and, and respectful and delivering that very difficult news. It's not easy. Like you're impacting somebody's livelihood. You need to be respectful of their situation. I always say have Kleenex in the room if it's in person and the McLeese Kleenex. That's acknowledging their pain, their tears, their sadness. It's acknowledging. It's not saying I made a wrong decision by notifying you. It's just right. acknowledging their position. So acknowledgement of their tears or their position is key. The part that I'm, um, you want to be careful not to say, especially when you have somebody angry, I understand you're upset. You understand you're not the one that's in a job today. So they could become inflamed with that word, I understand. Unless you've been in a position of losing your job, be very careful of losing the, using the language understand. We're trying to be empathetic, but it can backfire. So be very careful of that. Mm of using that language because you don't understand if you're on the other side of the table and the one keeping your job and still have a paycheck. So you have to be really careful with that in terms of that language mm -hmm. uh, and making sure you, you think about that in terms of the delivery of the message for the manager, more for HR. Um, having been involved in this in the past on a number of occasions, usually the manager has some a significant amount of insight into the person's life and often gets very worried about the person. Correct. Uh, how justified, I mean, it's very case by case basis, but how justified is that worry? Um, what's the risk of like serious harm coming to that, like physical harm, you know, either suicide attempt or, you know, like how much should employers be worrying about that kind of thing? They should be very worried. And, and I think part of the bigger, bigger worry is everyone's working virtual. So you don't actually know that's all the things going on in someone's personal life. So mm -hmm. part of our preparation work that we would do with HR, which I forgot to bring up is saying, is there any issues or concerns I should be aware of before I join your notification meeting? Right. So I can be aware that Mary has a spouse that's sick or a child that's sick or or something personal going on in their life that's emotionally, they have other things that we need to be respectful of in terms of you're not going to necessarily change your decision, but need to be aware that you might be a little bit more emotionally vulnerable. So part of our prep is letting us know. If that is a concern that you're worried about the suicidal before the notification, EAP will be on site if you have one to be supportive as well. They are the ones that are there for uh, emotional support. That is their role. If you have an EAP provider, um, that's part of their role. But having said that, if you don't know pre, during our meeting, we find out that Johnny says, you know, I, I hate this news. I think I'm going to take my life, whatever. We will do two or three questions, checking verification that they truly meant what they said. Yeah. And then we would do two things. We would also make sure that they have some kind of um, check-in with their doctor, medical professional about support. 
mm -hmm. emergency crisis support, we would notify HR that we are concerned based on what they communicated. And depending on the circumstances, what action would be taken from there. But we absolutely would notify HR if there was a concern or if we witnessed any concern about the individual. And we would, you know, part of the service that we do as a coach, again, I'm breaking it into pieces, is we do a wellness call post that notification meeting within 24 hours of being notified, unless the employers asked us not to, or the employee asks us not to, we will do a, a wellness call. So it's just to check in. Did you understand the news? Do you have any questions now? They're probably percolating now. You had time for the news to digest. Any concerns, anything we can help you with? And often that's where a lot of questions come up. A lot of concerns will come up um, that they have. And many of them could be HR related that we would not answer. We would have to direct them back to their point of contact. But we do that wellness check as part of our services to check in to make sure they're okay. And that's even more critical during our virtual world because they're not going back into an office to work with someone. No one's seeing how, how they're coping with the news. So I'm sure you've seen it done badly. What happens if this is done badly? What can happen? What's some of the likely things that can happen if this is done badly? Yeah, that's a good question. You did ask me what's the likelihood of suicidal um, in the 25-something years. I think I've ever only heard of one case in Canada that we've been involved and that it's ever been an issue. It is very, very rare. Okay. Uh, so just to ease people's concern, it is very rare for that severe of impact. Okay. I think the things that go bad that are more common is um, somebody gets verbally aggressive with um, HR or the notifying manager or the career consultant. So that's a more common negative response. Um, they might be detrimental to your systems if they haven't been shut off the systems, if you don't treat them well and they leave. So that's been done badly. Or the scenario where you heard the the guy say, like, I've been cut off of systems, but nobody told me that I've lost my job. So group notifications to tell people they got fired is not an ideal typical situation. And that's where you have, you know, if you tell people in a group that they've been notified, everybody feeds off everybody else's emotion and that it could be hell in a handbasket for that scenario because everybody can start mm -hmm. emoting their concerns. So that is a concern when you try to do it in a group setting. Um and that's usually the worst case scenario. I've been in a, somebody's pounded the table or pushed a chair, but I've never seen it where they've gone physical with the individual manager nor HR. I've never seen that in my 20 something, 25 something years in this business. I think that's more of a movie thing than it is a reality. No, but I always tell people when they get impacted, you know, how you leave today will impact your ability to get references and how you want to show up as your brand when you go to your next employer. You never know when you're going to work with these people again. You never know if you want to come back here. Leaving in a positive image is so critical when you leave. So our job as a coach and that notifying manager is to remind them of that. And if they are escalating, that is often where we will spend some time with them is to say, you know, I understand this is difficult information today, but think about how you want to leave ABC Company today. Mm -hmm. What's the brand you want people to know about you as you leave today? That's really important. Yes, it's emotionally charged day. Go home, spend time with loved ones. Go do something you like to do that's healthy, that that helps you. 
And even if you want to scare, swear and scream, yeah, do it in your own place or with your own friends. But think about what you want to do today before you leave the organization and how you want that to transpire, because that's going to impact you, right? You have talked about uh, conducting terminations online. Well, I know COVID has perhaps has changed that. Maybe this was happening before, but before COVID, I'd never heard of, well, if I'd heard of people being terminated online, it was a blessed, don't do it this way. Yeah. Um, are there any special things you should do with an online termination? Yeah, it's interesting. Before COVID happened, I would say, well, stay away. Don't ever do it. Yeah, okay. So I'm not wrong. No, you're absolutely wrong. What's changed is before it was pick up the phone and they would phone them if they never showed up for their meeting that day, right? That was the more likely thing to happen. It would be a phone call. So now when we do notification meetings, I would encourage them to do it on camera because it makes it a little bit more real. You can understand their emotions. Now they may say, I don't want to turn my camera on and you can't make them, but I would encourage them to turn the camera on so you could have a conversation and see how they're responding to the news. Mm -hmm. uh, I would check in with them first, right? When people are working from home, they could have their children, their spouse, oh. a guest, a friend sitting beside them. You need to check in to say, is this a good time to chat about a work matter? Because they might say, no, my, I'm helping my kids with my homework right beside me, right? So you need to make sure and be respectful that they can go into a private place to have the conversation. So that's the very first thing you need to do. Uh, and you still book it like you would if it was in person, but you book it online with the Zoom or Teams or whatever your organization uses. So you need to book it. You need to check in to make sure it's still a good time to talk about a private work matter. Then you want to have the conversation, make sure they have the camera on. You still deliver the news. And then either we can join the call at, or HR can join the call after the managers deliver the news, or we can join the call or we can hang up and then call them. We don't join the call when the news is being delivered, primarily because we want that arm's length. We're not the one giving the bad news. We also want, if they don't feel they can trust us, they're never going to use the services and leverage the capability if they think that that we were in on the meeting or we were in on the decision of find them. So we try to keep that arm's length of a third party by not being involved in the actual delivery of the meeting. Okay. So you've enjoyed after the fact. All right. So final question here. Any other advice or suggestions on uh, how to conduct a termination that perhaps you haven't mentioned thus far? I think the key is to be real and be human. Everybody doesn't want to give the news and everybody doesn't want to receive it. Mm -hmm. So someone will say to me, you know, I'm really uncomfortable delivering the news. Well, the day you get comfortable delivering a termination, no, this is the day you need a new job. Because nobody should be really comfortable doing that, right? It, it's not good news yeah. on giving. So any manager having to do it, and they said, oh, I've done 5,000, they're really super easy, and I'd be concerned about it. Everybody is an individual, so I would say it's always normal to be a little bit nervous. It's always normal, and it, it's okay to acknowledge this is a difficult just to, to to give you today. doesn't mean I'm questioning the business decision, but you can acknowledge mm -hmm. it's difficult to deliver, especially if you know them personally, especially if they were a friend at work. It's like, this is really hard for me today, but I need to give you the news. Today is your last day. And you still can acknowledge being human. I think the key is respect, dignity, and empathy for that person that's just been impacted, regardless of you're an HR, a manager, 
or someone that knows them well or doesn't know them at all. I think that's really key for anybody that delivers that news. That sounds like a great way to leave off. Thanks, Kim. That was such a necessary topic. I have been involved in my fair share and uh, even picked up some tips here and solidified some other things I already knew, but you know, a reminder never hurts. We have reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening out there and we'll catch you next time when I talk with another insightful guest.